listening to the Refinery Church Podcast. Each message comes from our Saturday night service in Brea, California. We pray these messages will build your faith and encourage you today. So check this out. I started reading uh, through the Bible, January 1st, got into Genesis chapter one and two, and literally all this, this image of a tree continued to be in my mind. And right there at the very beginning, what do we read in the Garden of Eden? There is the tree of life right there in the middle of the garden. And I've read that dozens of times, but for some reason this year, it really stood out to me. The significance of a tree producing fruit smack dab in the middle of the garden. God plants it in the middle of the garden very strategically and very intentionally. Then I remembered as I was reading that, wait a minute, I remember reading about the tree of life later on. So I flipped open to the back of my Bible, to Revelation chapter 22, and right there in Revelation chapter 22, it's talking about how we will spend eternity with God. For those who call Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, are going to spend eternity with God. And in eternity, the tree of life is right there smack dab in the middle. If we read there in Revelation 22, it's a picture of the future. So from beginning to the end, the tree is very significant, very significant. From the beginning of scripture, one of the places as I was meditating on this and praying about it and going, okay, Lord, what are you trying to say? Suddenly a passage of scripture came back to my heart. And I remember very clearly this, we were in Chicago, uh, my wife and I, my two girls were in Chicago and I was up early one morning and I was uh, uh, off out of the hotel room having my devotions. And as I was praying, I remembered a passage of scripture smack dab in the middle of the Bible, Psalm chapter one. For those of you who've read the Bible before, you probably know that one. I actually, it was kind of funny, the reason I came back to my heart was I memorized Psalm chapter one when I was 12 years old. I was a junior higher at a Christian uh, Christian school. So I was a junior high Christian Christian school student. I wasn't a Christian. I went to a Christian school because my parents felt like it would be safer than the public school, all right? But they make you memorize the Bible there. Thank God they made me memorize the Bible because I memorized Psalm chapter one because I was required to memorize Psalm chapter one. And here 30 some years later, God says, hey, remember Psalm chapter one? And he began to speak to my heart through Psalm chapter one. If you're not familiar with Psalm chapter one, here it is, we'll put it up on the screen. It says this, and this is from the New King James. It says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. Now, this is New King James. It's hard to understand for most modern languages, but that was the thing that they had me memorize it in, so that's what's in my head. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And here it is, verse three. And he shall be like a what? A tree. A what? a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. So there I am in Chicago, and God brings this passage of Scripture back to my memory, because I'd memorized it back when I was 12 years old, and the Holy Spirit's stirring it up saying, this is a word for refinery, and the people of refinery, the people of Brea. This is amazing. This is a process. I'm going to sidestep a little bit here again. This is a process on how I hear from the Lord. 
This is important for me to do with our congregation because it's important for you to get a word from the Lord. There's a time in the New Testament when, when, when the disciples were in a boat and they see a spirit, what they think is a spirit, out in the water. And they, and they hear the spirit speak to them and say, don't be afraid, it's me. And Peter recognizes the voice. And Peter says, if it's you, Lord, say the word and I'll come to you. Because Peter knew all he needed was one word from God to experience something supernatural in his life. And Jesus says just one word. He says, oh, come. And on that word, Peter steps out of the boat and begins to experience something others had never experienced. He began to walk on water and make his way towards Jesus. You see, one word from God can transform your life and you can experience supernatural things in your life. That's why I pray, Lord, give me a word for our congregation. Give me a word for our community. Give me a word for my life. I want you to know how to get a word from God. That's why I'm sharing with you this whole process. I know some of you could be going, boy, this seems rather lengthy. It's important for you. Because if you don't have a word from God, you may be still stuck in the boat. And God's wanting you to experience something supernatural in your life, something miraculous in your life. Get a word from God and walk out in that word. So I'm sharing with you the process of pressing into God and fasting and praying and saying, Lord, give me a word for our community and our congregation. He gives me a picture of a tree. And then I begin to seek him. What does this mean? What does this mean? I dig into scripture and I get these passages of scripture that continue to point to the significance of trees. And then, um, much like getting a new pair of shoes, now I'm seeing trees everywhere. Ever done that? You buy a new pair of shoes, you never thought about them before, like maybe you get a new pair of classic bands. You're like, these are really cool. Next thing you know, you see everybody wearing classic bands, right? You see it all over the place. You never noticed them before until you own a pair, right? Or maybe you buy a new car, right? You buy a Toyota whatever or a Honda whatever. And now you see them everywhere. There are white Toyotas everywhere you go. Didn't even notice them before until you owned one, right? <clears throat> well, that's the, way I wa that's the way I still am with trees. It's like, man, I'm, I'm seeing trees everywhere. Uh, matter of fact, um, this last Thursday night, we were, uh, I, I like to watch the National Geographic channel. Uh, Phil from The Amazing Race is now hosting a show on there. Anybody into that? I, it's really cool. Phil is awesome. It's like really adventurous. Now it's adventurous National Geographic. Well, this other night, he's doing this whole expose on trees, and normally I wouldn't care. I'd be like, oh, trees, that's kind of boring. But now I'm like, I want to know about trees. And he's doing this whole expose and he's interviewing this scientist who has spent 30 years in this one particular forest. And she's discovered that in this forest and probably in other forests around the world as well, the root system in the forest is a network of trees actually interacting with one another. When there's a tree that's stressed, it could be stressed half a mile away. There are chemicals that are released and it goes through the root system and the, and the fungi, the mushroom network also helps with that. It actually alerts other trees. I know it sounds weird, huh? It alerts other trees and those trees begin to produce chemicals to protect themselves from whatever danger, whether it's fire or something, is going on. And of course, they're saying the trees talk to each other, which sounds kind of bizarre, but the reality is, and I'm thinking that's fascinating. 
fascinating. Normally, I wouldn't care a thing about the trees and the roots and the fungi and the mushrooms. But now God is speaking something to me. So my bink, my spiritual attendants are up and I'm listening going, God, what do you want to say to me through even just hearing this? Then this last week, I had a conversation uh, with our team about what God was saying. And there was some specific pictures that God was giving me. And, and Pastor Alvaro said, you know, it's interesting, Pastor Kelly. I was just reading about these trees and, and this fruit from this tree that's happening. Uh, there's this country that's saying, yes, we want this fruit, in this, tree, this fruit from this tree in our country. And he goes, normally I wouldn't read it, but it's very interesting. And so here we are, I'm getting confirmation that God is speaking to us as a team as well. Now, I'm sure you're going, okay, Kelly, Pastor Kelly, now we're just getting a little weird. We're gonna start hugging trees, start saving the trees. Arbor Day's coming up here, getting all excited about Arbor Day. No, not necessarily. It's not about worshiping trees. It's about finding the significance in what God wants to say to us through this. Obviously, scripture covers it. Let me go back. Now, I shared with you the process. Now, here's the picture. I told you it was getting refined. It got refined recently. And the picture that I saw wasn't just any tree. It was actually this, these trees. Take a look. Got that picture back there? There it is. Anybody recognize this tree? What kind of tree is it? Avocado. Any avocado fans in here? Oh, come on. Yeah, you're in California. You got to like avocados. You cannot live in California and not like an avocado. It's just, it's, it's, I think it's a law. If not, they're gonna pass it. Not oranges, but avocados. And actually, it's a specific avocado that is native to this community right here. The picture in my mind was an avocado tree and very specifically, the Hass avocado. Y'all familiar with the Hass avocado? I got one back here. Just in case you, 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 you don't, I mean, now you're looking at it going, oh yeah, that's the avocado I see in the grocery store, I see it at Costco, I see it. Well, you would because the Hass avocado is, um, it is the number one avocado sold commercially around the world. Uh, 80% of the avocados sold around the world are Hass avocados. 90% of the avocados grown in California are Hass avocados. I don't know if you knew that or not, but the Hass avocado is the avocado. When, when people around the world think of avocados, most of the time they think of this, unless they're growing like a Guatemalan or whatever in their own backyard, this is the avocado they think of. And check this out. I, I did some research because this is kind of how I am. When God begins to speak something to me, I just begin to drill down into it going, okay, God, what do you want to say? What do, what do you want to talk about through this? So I, I began to do some research on avocados and specifically avocado trees and specifically the Hass avocado. And I found out that the Hass avocado got started just seven miles from here in La Habra. La Habra Heights to be exact. A man, a man by the name of Rudolf Hass, H-A-S-S, -S, pronounced Hass like pass. All right, just so you know, if you've been pronouncing it Hass, you are incorrect because I've done my research and they're very, very particular, it is the Hass avocado, like pass. The Hass avocado, Rudolf Hass in 1926, purchased two acres of land right over here in La Habra. Literally seven miles, I did the research and found out it's literally seven miles from here. 
He bought two acres and he planted uh, a few Guatemalan avocado trees because Orange County at that time was oranges and avocados and it was agriculture. There was no Disneyland. There were no angels. There were no freeways. It was agriculture. And so he buys this land and he thinks he's going to get wealthy with avocados. Well, after about five years, he's not producing anything. He's not doing any, he's getting little Guatemalan uh, things that aren't very, very good. So he's about ready to give up. And a friend of his, a nursery worker in Whittier, gives him a Fuente avocado plant and says, cut off some of the branches and graft your Fuente into this Guatemalan that you have. And it was, a, it was kind of a, it was a hybrid of a Guatemalan. It was kind of a Guatemalan. It was something else. He says, graft this branch into your rootstock and see what you come up with. Rudolph Haas was like, well, whatever. I'm, I'm not doing very well. What do I have to lose, right? So he does that. Another five years passes. So almost a total of 10 years. He's starting to produce some avocados, but they look weird. They're dark. The skin's bumpy and thick. It doesn't look like any avocado that he'd ever seen before. And he thought he'd failed. The reality is his daughters and his brother and his friend in Whittier cut him open and started eating the meat and going, this is the best tasting avocado we've ever had. It has a nutty, creamy flavor. It has a lot lot more oils than some of the others. And because of the thick skin, they wouldn't get damaged as easily as some of the other avocados. They might even be able to ship a lot better. They might be good for commercial sales. That was 1935. And Rudolf Haas got a vision. He immediately went and patented the Haas avocado. He got a patent on a new variety of avocado that he proudly named the Hass Avocado after himself. Isn't that interesting? And now, less than 100 years later, the number one avocado in the world, it's the number one produced avocado out of California, thanks to Rudolph Hass grafting a fuente into this rootstock that really wasn't producing much. So Pastor Kelly, what the heck does this have to do with refinery? <laughs> Let me tell you. How does it affect us as a church and how does it affect us individually? I believe the Hass avocado tree, which by the way, I went out because I'm so obsessed with it right now. I bought a Hass avocado tree. Here she is. Isn't she beautiful? This is our Hass avocado tree right here. Yay, little Hass avocado tree. You can call me a tree hugger. This is a baby one. This is brand new. Much like refinery is. I'm going to start, start to cry because now it's getting significant. I realized that like the Hass avocado tree, God called my wife and I and a handful of us to come and be a part of the city of Brea and to graft into a church that had been here for 50 years, previously called Downtown Chapel. 
and wondering, Lord, what do you want to do with us? And he says, I want to do something new. And that was the word he gave us last year. Behold, I'm doing something new. And he grafted us in. And now something new is being produced called Refinery Church. It might be a little bumpy. It might seem a little awkward on the outside, but on the inside, God is doing something rich and delicious and beautiful. I believe that this tree, this Hass avocado tree represents Refinery Church. And I believe it can represent you individually too. We're only 10 months old as a congregation. Much like this young tree, you might be looking going, well, there's no fruit on it yet. Oh, I know, but it's coming. And in faith, we're believing that God is gonna produce incredible fruit on this tree and in this congregation and in this community. And here's a beautiful thing that I think, um, <clears throat> one of the things that I begin to hear from the Lord is, much in the same way that this tree produces fruit, this fruit is high in protein, rich in delicious good fats. It's the good fat for your body, right? How many of you guys have studied out? You know avocados are, are a power food right here. It's a super food. Well, if God is saying that refinery is like this, this avocado tree, then the fruit that this church, this congregation is gonna produce is gonna be something that is going to be rich and delicious for our community something substantial, something life-giving for our community. Can you see the symbolism? Can you see how God is beginning to speak through a tree? That he wants this congregation to be producing fruit that touches the lives of every person that drives by here, saying, come, partake, taste and see that God is good. Isn't it beautiful? But it's not just for the congregation corporately. It's for us individually too. God's desire is that your life would be like a tree, fruitful, thriving, resourcing to others. God's desire is for you and me to be productive and thriving in our work, in our families, in our homes, in our relationships in our minds, in our bodies. That's God's desire, like a healthy tree. How do I know this? Listen to what the scripture says. The prophet Jeremiah said the same words that David said in the book of Psalm. Listen to what he says. Jeremiah chapter 17, verses seven through eight. Take a look on the screen and follow along with me as I read. It says this, Matter of fact, let's all read this together. Let's charge the atmosphere with God's word. Ready? Begin. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Pause there for a second. Here's what it's saying. You're blessed if you're trusting in the Lord and you've made him your hope and your confidence. And what will you be like? Let's continue to read. Ready, go. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit, much like a Hass avocado. Green leaves. And even when drought comes, going to resist it. 
gonna resist it. Hass avocado trees thrive in arid climates. They do because they know how to drive their roots deep to find sources of water. The prophet Jeremiah says the same thing that David said. Your life can be like a tree, firmly planted by a river of water, driving your roots deep, and your, your fruit will come forth in the right season. Your leaves of your life will not wither. Whatsoever you do will prosper. It's a beautiful picture of the life that God has intended for you and desires for you and desires for us as a congregation. And listen, check this out. This tree and all trees, they're dependent on a huge system of roots. This new sapling that's been freshly planted, the greatest effect of its growth and fruitfulness is dependent on the conditions of something we don't even see, but so vitally important, the roots. Isn't that right? I know this sounds elementary, but I want you guys to grab a hold of this. The root system is key to this tree thriving. The roots provide support, foundation, and a system of nourishment and water and nutrients that are brought forth. The roots can take smelly, gross fertilizer made from poop and turn it into something delicious and yummy. Ever think about that? Poopy water becomes fruit. Isn't that crazy to think about? But God can take and use you to take things that are gross and disgusting, trials and tribulations, struggles and challenges, and God can work them out for good to those who love him and are called according to his purposes and turn it into something delicious, something that benefits others. I often tell men and women who are going through challenges, hey, let's pray that you get through this. And then once you've gotten through it, look forward to being able to share that with somebody else. I say to, to men, who, men who have struggled and been in prison, oftentimes I'll say to them, hey, you have a greater opportunity to minister to other prisoners than I do because I've never experienced the pain, the loss, the challenges that you have, but you have. And so the fruit of what God is doing should be shared with other men and women that are going through that same thing. If you've been healed in your bodies, you have fruit that should be shared with others. If your marriage has been healed, you have fruit that can be shared with others. So, as we move into 2019, this is a big introduction into a series that I'm starting tonight called Rooted. Everybody say rooted. Because we are going to get rooted. We're going to get rooted individually, and as a congregation, we're going to get rooted. A foundation for a better you. And it's based on the New Testament passage of Scripture. This is our theme verse for the next couple of months. Colossians chapter 2, verse 7. Take a look. Colossians chapter two, let's read this one together. Ready, begin. Let your roots grow down into him, Jesus Christ, and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. To experience the fruitful 
abundant life that Jesus Christ promises, it's going to require each of us and us as a congregation to grow deep roots, spiritually speaking, relationally speaking, even systematically as a congregation, systematically speaking. When you foster those roots, you build a foundation of faith that leads to you becoming a better you, the kind of you that God created you to be. Deep roots, getting your nourishment from the true source, the living water, Jesus Christ. Our series for the next couple months is rooted, a foundation to becoming a better you. And we're going to drill down into scripture over the next eight weeks. We're going to drill down and we're going to see how important the roots are in your life and how you can grow those roots deeper and why it's significant, why it's important to have deep, strong roots and how and what the fruit looks like. And each of us are a little different. The Bible talks about fruitfulness and the fruitfulness, the signs of a, of a healthy Christian walk. But each of us expresses that differently depending on where we're planted, where we're living. See, there's so many parallels to a tree that that you might be working in a certain environment and your fruitfulness is going to look different than the student who's going to college. But there's going to be a similarity. And so we want to focus in on those similarities over the next eight weeks. We're going to drill down and see how important the roots are in our life and how we can experience the fruitful, abundant life that Jesus Christ promises. God created, here it is, comes down to this. I started with this picture that God gave me a couple of months ago, and I've refined it over the last couple of months, hearing from the Lord. God created you and me to be like a tree, to to be planted, to draw down our roots, and to grow, and to thrive. And when the wind and the storms come, bend, but don't break, and allow it to strengthen us. Sometimes if there might be a need for a a stake or support to come alongside and help to strengthen, God has created you to be like a tree, and, and maybe you need someone to come alongside and strengthen you. That's what we're here for. Refinery is here to see you become exactly who God's created you to be. And according to scripture, it's like a tree, firmly planted by a river of water, yielding fruit in its season, whose leaf doesn't wither, and whatever you do can prosper. Isn't that beautiful? It's a beautiful way to start the new year. God created you to be like a tree, to live and be fruitful, productive, and thriving. So let's get ready to get rooted. Join me. Don't miss a Saturday. And I don't say that because, oh, we want big numbers and all that. That's not it. God is speaking a word, and I want every single person to hear it. Next week, uh, the, the message is called, It Begins with the Seed. You don't want to miss that because the seed is where it all starts. And why is it significant? Why is it so important? Don't miss it. Make your plans, adjust your plans, and join us. Invite some friends, family, moms, dads who need to get rooted, who need to thrive in their life. 
But before you do that, how are you starting your new year? You ready to thrive? You ready to be fruitful? Then make a commitment tonight to God saying, I'm going to get rooted deeper into your ways, Jesus. I want to sink my roots into you, into your word, into your community of faith called the church, the bride of Christ, and draw my nourishment from that. Would you join me in prayer? Thank you for listening. For more information, check out our website at wearerefinery.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram at wearerefinery. God bless.